0: Boom! We're on just like that, just like that. You like that? I like it. So you remember when I told you, like, yeah, I'll book, I'll book a guest. Yeah, I I landed a guest an hour and a half ago, and he sits to my left (laughs) as we speak. (laughs) Well, that's what happens when you're on COVID, you know, (laughs) right? And you're furloughed and anything else. I I threw a hail mary, and boom. There, there he is. is. Hello. What's up, Jimmy? How unavailable am I? <laughs> yeah. Jimmy De- Well, luckily, it's pandemic rules. <laughs> right, exactly. So, exactly. exactly. Yeah, People are crazy. waiting for the phone to ring. <laughs> They're crazy. just waiting. It's crazy. Absolutely if, crazy. If you've ever been to Vegas uh, in the last couple of years, you've been out here a couple of years now. Four
1: years. Wow. Very,
0: very nearly four years. Jimmy is in the Tenors of Rock show, or was, is, but is. was,
1: but is. Kind of, yeah. Who knows? I, mean, I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> you started
0: to tell Adam and I a story of how you found out.
1: Yeah, so we were on stage. So we have a show at Planet Hollywood, for those of you who have never seen the show. So we're on stage at Planet Hollywood, and about a week earlier, obviously all the, all the big major news networks started to talk about uh, this this virus and it be causing lots of trouble and people were saying ah we could be this, this could get really serious We might have to close the bars for a week, you know That was the conversation and then we were on stage on the Saturday night at Planet Hollywood and in the middle of our show Our, our guitarist Chris Cicchino, who's awesome by the way. He was playing some Van Halen. We come off to grab a beer During the the show. During During the show. Oh, during the show. (laughs) (laughs) The show doesn't work without it. But we, yeah, and one of the boys said, I've just had an alert on uh, Twitter. And we opened up the Twitter, and it was several of the local uh, newspaper and bloggers and stuff saying, all shows are being cancelled, you know, everything's everything's off, Armageddon is coming. And, uh, yeah, we had no idea. So we literally finished the show that night, and we asked our management, and they said, um, we're not we're not sure we asked our producers. We're not sure I think they even asked the people at the casinos and stuff and they were kind of like uh, I'm not sure <laughs> And then the next thing I know that was six months ago, and we've still not been back seven months I think now Wow, man, so that's how we found out it's so rock what, and roll
2: What have you been doing for seven months? Have you been I had you...
1: COVID five days after oh, really? wow. so I was I was bad for Probably three months Wow Wow, so you've had it. Yeah, Yeah, so what so we my, I've not had a day off in about seven years because we've constantly been on the road We've been all over the world and like really lucky and everything but do you know what it's like when you you can People think it's blasé when you when you travel the kind of way that we all kind of doing our businesses But when you live in hotels and airports for seven years, we come to Vegas straight into five six shows a week (laughs) nonstop. Uh, press events, da da da, da and, you, and it's And it's amazing, don't get me wrong, very lucky. But you get to a point where you're so bored and you're so tired. And when this thing happened, our first reaction was, oh, my God, we get a week off. <laughs> we get two weeks of not singing ACDC right, right. and uh, this right, kind right, of yeah. shit. So And so that was kind of what happened. And then when we had that, myself and my wife, we said, listen, I'm just going to go to Showgrow. I'm going I'm to cash in all those points and I'm going to buy as many edibles and as many joints as I possibly can. <laughs> I bought a, uh, what do you call them here? The big, big bottles of Jack Daniels. What do they call? Handles. A big handle of Jack Daniels. and I, I said, didn't I'm even gonna, know that. And I said, I'm going to drink one of those on the balcony every evening at six o'clock when I would <laughs> normally be going into work. And then three or four days later, I said, I don't feel, I don't feel great. And... You know being a typical guy you go ah oh, it's fine and then two or three days later i was in bed and the next thing i was in the hospital and oh, wow. fortunately i have a nurse in the family and she kind of guided my wife through it and said under no circumstances let him go on a ventilator she said if you can ride it out so i had an oxygen machine put into the house i had nurses coming you know friends that were nurses that didn't mind kind of being around me And it was just hellish. But the worst thing about it was the exhaustion. I never thought that would be a thing. We've all been tired. And, you know, when I used to be fit and used to fight and used to do those things, you all know what it's like to not be able to lift your hands up. But imagine that times 50. You can't walk one step without your lungs just saying, Nah, you're not doing this. It was horrendous. So I probably had six to seven weeks of being in bed with oxygen and machines attached to my fingers and up my arse and God knows wherever else. And then. You steadily get much better, but I'm really, I'm really glad that um, that I was told not to do the ventilator because you know I've I've a lot of friends and um, uh, some who are no longer with us, unfortunately, that kind of went down that road and and it seems to not necessarily be the best thing to do right. if you can help it, and I right. understand people can't help it, but yeah, and also being a singer, they said they'll throw this tube down your throat. They said if that catches your vocal cords, they don't care. Right. Whether you're a singer or you're, you're a presenter alive. or something you yeah. living, she said, she said, do not do it. She said, if you can survive, and she gave my wife a list of things like um, uh, oxygen levels, blood pressure levels, blah, 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 and I had all sorts of monitors on me. And she said, if he drops below that, you must go to the hospital. But she said, if you can stay in this area, she said, keep him there. Right. Wow. So I was in and out of hospital a few times, in and out of this and that, but yeah, horrible. But it took about three months. To go back to normal, and really? I had my all clear like three weeks ago. My my lung, and did, clear. did you know how you got it, or did you give it to anybody else? Do you know, well, I'm assuming my wife got it because she was like there, but no, because we it, like here in Vegas, we do the meet and greets after the show. You go and yeah, meet yeah, it, yeah. That got cancelled like two months before. I think it's about January. It got cancelled because of this thing. Really? Uh, yeah, they stopped it and they said it's just not worth it. People shaking hands, you never quite know. And then maybe I don't know. uh, I think our theatre they moved the, the seats back six or seven feet that was in February and they said, just to try wow, and... I didn't realize be a thing. they were ahead of it like that. I'm
2: shocked Caesars was, be honest with you, but that's
1: just... <laughs> Do you know what? I've got to say, I've got to, I've got to say, I've got to say, they were great because they said, look, we, we want to keep going, we want to keep this thing moving along. And it wasn't as serious back then as it obviously is sure. now. But they moved everything back and they, they distanced people as they were coming through, just to make sure they put the sanitizer, guns and, and the, the things yeah. near the door. So, I mean, I think they did everything they could with the information that they had. But, right. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I wasn't really near people. I don't really see people. I don't right. really like people, if I'm being honest. <laughs> no, but I, 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 like, I like to go out. I like to do my job, come home, you know, sit, watch Netflix, play my guitar. You know, right. I'm, I'm quite quiet like that. Um, so I don't really know where I got it, but I'm assuming it was probably something at work. But it right. wasn't like you were, I, I'm not a big clubber or I don't go out with big... Right. You know, I wasn't at a night's game or anything like that, so, so who knows?
0: So let me ask you this. You follow me on Instagram, we're Facebook friends, yeah. so I've been... Posting and fucking going on a tirade. Fuck the mask. What are we doing? Oh, are yeah. we back to normal? Right. Are yeah. you sitting there thinking to yourself, fuck you, John no. Orlando? Do you know what's really funny? If that's the case,
2: <laughs> that's all right, because that's the way I feel. <laughs> so, it's all right. All
1: right. yeah, this is really, I, I find it really funny because I can see people really getting the arse. With friends and going, well, you don't believe it, and I believe it, and you Republican arsehole, and you Democrat fanny, and da, da, right. da, da, da. and I don't really go with all that stuff. I'm going. I got sick. I'll tell you, I got sick. I've had friends that died. I've had other friends that have been in intensive care. But I also read the numbers. I also know that, you know, this isn't something that is um, sort of deadly to the mass population. But you understand how it all works and everything. Yeah. But I don't think there's any any use in uh, as long as you're not rude. To, to, right. a, to a friend I'm like say what you want if you right. think Trump's the messiah think Trump's the messiah if you think he's a dick he's a dick who cares I don't care your opinion's your opinion as long as it, as long as long you're not not uh, rude in, in how you deliver it I don't sure. really care so I'm like I keep seeing you out and like, <laughs> going to the wind <laughs> you're out in, in sweets at the wind and living the life and I'm like cool it's just not something that having gone through it and been it, it kind of you know uh, it affected me quite a lot Yeah. especially when our buddy Nick went And he's very distant, son, a friend of mine, but very close to a lot of my, yeah, 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 but very, very close to a lot of kind of my kind of uh, friends. Like, you know, he was the same age as me. He had no conditions, no nothing. He had three tests. I think two tests in the in the ER, and they said, no, 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 you're fine. And then he went in for the third time. They said, we think, yeah, you've got it. We'd like to keep you in for observation, and that was. That was it. He he was was in there there. for like
2: three or four months. He was in the hospital. Yeah,
1: nearly. I think just over three months. He had he had heart attacks, strokes. They amputated his leg, poor sod. And he fought like an absolute champion. And unfortunately, it took him. But yeah, I, I honestly don't mind. I've got, I've got. Listen, I have my own views on politics, but being a foreigner, and even though I live here now, resident. I always think it's really rude when a foreigner comes to a foreign country and then starts dissing the way the government is run. I always think it's not really my business. It's my business when I hold an American passport, which I may or may not do down the line, you know. But I always think, like, just just be respectful of where you are, and as, I don't really care whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, you know, I don't really, you know, as long as you're not a, a Glasgow Celtic fan, I don't give a fuck, <laughs> to be honest with you. If you're one of them, you can get fucked up. <laughs> But other than that, you know, so no, everyone's in so, so opinion. So
2: that makes you a Rangers fan then? It does indeed. All right,
1: all right. It does indeed. And
2: so here's what's wonderful right now. He has absolutely no idea what we're doing. I talking. know. Hockey. Come on. Ah. There
1: you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> he has no idea. Yes. No clue. Staunch Rangers, man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Scottish soccer. I know. I know. Okay. You're Fo- gonna... Football. I only football. know because yeah. of Alex Wilson. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't. Yeah. No. Do you bet
1: too? Every now and then, but yeah. I, I in fairness, I made a conscious decision <laughs> that when we moved to Vegas, that I was going to pull back on my parlays and like the equivalent, we call them accumulators back home, and uh, it, it lasted for about two months, and then I was sneaking off to the sports bet sports uh-huh. before the show, so no, I don't really, but I, I don't really understand the way that you guys bet, you know, like you're over, under, and you're minus 10 and plus 10, right. we don't do any of that, we just do it on the odds, so yeah. I, uh, you know Joe D'Amico, right? No. Joe D'Amico, the bookmaker. Who no. I, so, so, um, uh, so the the show that I do, the the City's the yeah. look is my boxing podcast. He hosts that with me, and Joe's oh, right. like, of course, and, and, and Joey's and Joey's like American sort of number one sports handicapper. And the amount of times that he spent sitting with me over a glass of wine and said, "No, no, no. If the New Orleans Saints are minus ten, it means this." And by the end of the conversation, I'm like, Joe. I, can I not just give you my money and you just bet for me. <laughs> Figure it out. Yeah. I have no idea what you're saying. Yeah. It's but, very yeah. yeah, it's
2: very different in, in, in the UK about you I mean going to football matches, there are kiosks in the stadiums where you yeah. can just walk up and bet. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big news. Yeah. And it's weird here because you can't really gamble on I think it's now becoming a thing where you can gamble on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. That never used to be a thing in Vegas, right? That was like only the last six of years. seven years oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just baffling to me that you can drink, you can get laid, right? You can see a show, you can eat at any time. Let's bring the kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, but you can't gamble on yeah, your phone. That's where they yeah.
0: draw the line. Yeah. You know well, the
1: amount of times I've sat on me when we first came over here. I think I'll just get a, a William Hills a big bookmaker's right. back home. I'll just get the app and I'll I'll put some some right. bets on nothing. So now you have, to have the inconvenience of having to go to Red Rock, right. which is close to the house, and 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 then see this list of minuses and pluses, and I'm like, oh. Fuck you! Yeah. I
0: have no idea what's going on. So my buddy George in LA, he's a he's a vice president of a bank. He for years he's been saying, "Why can't I just put give a credit card or a debit card at a blackjack table and get money?" You can now. Can you? Can yeah. you? Wait, at, what?
2: At Red, at Red Rock, at Green Valley Ranch, uh, it's on all the tables. There is a uh, credit card machine on the corner. Stop. So if you ran out of money, all you have to do is take your card, you put it in there. It, and you get... That's how it should be. Yeah. But that isn't... That's not just for your player's card. No. No, no, no. This that's is new. When this did that is start? Probably within the last... I noticed it about six months ago. Really? Is, but right is that, before COVID. Is that not
1: very dangerous? For oh, sure! Like, because, you know, like... <laughs> but you know, like, when you go into a casino and they say, like, please gamble responsibly. Yeah. And it's always... It, that, that that kind of, like, stand-up thing is always next to some hot chick holding chips in yeah. her mouth, like, teasing <laughs> you. Yeah. As she drops a... She drops one of those chips down her cleavage, and she's like, "Oh, right. maybe one more." <laughs> yeah, you know? right. yeah. It's, but That
0: I- sign is also at the cashier, which seems a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like it's too late at that yeah. point. Yeah, if
2: I made mean it to yeah, the yeah. cashier, yeah, everything's okay. Yeah, it's you know? never on the way out. Right, no, but it's it gives ne- you that time frame. You know, if you're sitting at a blackjack table and you've lost your money, yeah, it gives you five minutes to get up, go to the cashier cage, think about it a little bit. Yeah, you're not gonna. You're probably gonna do it anyway.
1: But now it's right there. The amount of times I've walked out of a casino, hammered, and thought. Maybe another hundred dollars. Maybe another hundred dollars. But you go to the ATM and the ATM and it says, "Are you okay with a nine ninety five charge?" Right. And I'm like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> yeah. And I walk out. But that actually stops me from gambling. Is the the amount of the charge right. that now seems it's to be crazy. on these machines? So
0: I or can't even. If you ever do the cash, that's just a regular transaction. If you ever did a uh, cash uh, uh, credit card uh, cash yeah. advance, right, it's more than that. Sometimes it's forty bucks, sixty bucks. This is why I don't gamble, you see. I
2: don't know anything about that anymore, John. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no.
0: I know a lot about it. <laughs> see, and you were saying how, you know, at least you have the five minutes to cool off. I look at it like, how many times have I sat at a table, I've got an 11, and all the money is out there, and I can't double down because I have no more money at the ta- I want to be able to swipe. Can right you there? swipe mid-hand? Do you know? No.
1: I think that would be, che- be cheating,
0: I, I, surely.
2: You, uh, no, I think... Well, you just
0: you, te- to add, just to, like, double down... I think you can. Because I've I've actually taken a break from a table. I've actually had multiple times, even with a full table, if the whole table agrees. like I remember one time in Atlantic City. This is a true story. In Atlantic City, I'm playing an $800 hand, and I get two eights. And that's all the money I had. I went all in, right? right? And I want to split the eights because the dealer's got like a four showing. And I'm like, fuck, I don't have any more money. So I literally say to the table, would you guys mind... If I ran to my room, I can't even go to the cash machine. I have money in my room. Can I run to my room, get money, and come back? And they were like cracking up and they were like, yes. And the, the pit boss was like, okay, if they don't mind, it's fine. I'm like, okay, I'll be right back. I sprint all the way down in the elevator, go up there. Um, of course, I'm like, because I'm with my dad at the time. So yeah. I'm in a suite, like at the end of the hall. So I sk- all the way down in the suite, I grab 800 bucks, okay? I come back. I fucking put the money, she splits the eights, next three. card, three, ah! I'm like, I, I, I just I'm happen. literally like, oh my god, I'm such an idiot, like, Guys, and they let me I, go back, I, <laughs> they let me go back, and I just grabbed the whole wad, and I ended up having to split, I got another eight on the hand, I ended up splitting it again, and I won all hands. Well, there you go, yeah. that makes it worth a while. There you go, it's, it's true story. a very
1: valuable lesson there. kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if I could have just swiped at the table, Yeah. Wow. That's 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 a dangerous, dangerous. Oh thing. yeah, <laughs> oh, Jesus Vegas is a dangerous Christ. place, Jimmy. It is. Yeah. Do you like it? I love it. I love it. I think it's brilliant. What I love about it is actually not the stuff that people love about it. I, I, I you know, the, the tourist kind of side of it. I love the the surrounding areas. I love red, the rock. red rock and Lake Las Vegas, and I love all that stuff. Really? Yeah. Because I grew up. You know, you've you've grown up living in big cities and noise and crime and dirt and you know all that kind of stuff. And there's something very special about doing the show on the strip. That's, that's a special thing and everything. But I don't really spend a great deal of time there. I like to kind of get in the car, go. And then if you are going to go out for a drink, go out somewhere like down in Henderson or somewhere outside of the, yep. the kind of madness. Because if you live in it, you don't really want to work in it. It's true. Uh, so, so. so if you, you, know, you live in it, you don't want like, right. to you know, play in it. Um, but what's really funny is when we first moved here, I'd been here lots for the boxing over the years. And the amount of people, in fact, I've got to say a little bit myself, People said to us, You're gonna to move to Las Vegas, so where are you where was your show? And our show was at Harris at the time and they said, So what do they do? do you like do you just live in Harrahs? And it always seemed to me to be the weirdest Right. Fucking oh, thing to say yeah. to someone. Right. Do you live in Harris? But of course, to the rest of the world, it's literally just one street full of bright lights. Right? They don't know that there's communities all the way around. There's right. different towns, different sheriffs, different jurisdictions. There's all sorts of kind of. They stuff. They don't
0: realize you can live here and really never see a casino if you don't want to. Yeah, absolutely. You know, not go in one. You'll
2: see plenty of uh, machines right. and <laughs> you know where you go. But right, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, you're exactly right. Um, you know, I moved back and I can. T- <laughs> In October, and i would probably been down to the strip maybe twice yeah. in that time frame. And both times I was to go to dinner. Right. And sure. like, you know, going to Cosmopolitan. You take the elevator up, get right off, right back down. Don't even walk through the damn casino. No. Right. You don't need to.
1: Yeah. And it's expensive and like if you live here all the time and you can live it up, then fabulous. But even, even at the times when You know, you have, you know, there's a a few bucks in the wallet. I would rather just, maybe maybe I'm just showing the kind of person I am. I'd rather go to Chili's. (laughs) I (laughs) I like it. I'd rather go to Chili's and sit and watch a game on the telly at at Chili's than I ever would go to the sports book inside the Venetian and spend $20 a beer. Because even if I've got the $20 for the beer, I kind of begrudge begrudge paying it. Maybe I'm coming across as a little cheap on the show. No, no, no. It's the principle. You have to be like that when you live here. (laughs) Yeah. And, and also, when people come to visit, I mean, right. That's a big thing when people come. Which to visit, is weekly. Where are we going? Where are we, where are we going tonight? I said, well, I'm going home. Right. Or I'm going to PT's Tavern around the corner. I love PT's. Where it's five dollars a beer. But you, you know, you're more than welcome to go to the Cosmo and spend twenty dollars for that same beer. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. You know. Absolutely.
2: So, how did you guys get from the road and touring to a permanent home in Las Vegas?
1: We, uh basically, we'd been for years and years and years our story about vegas is actually quite i think it's quite nice we were gigging around we were on a tv show called the x factor sure which like american idol right and uh (laughs) we got we got thrown off the show for refusing to do certain things that the management asked us to do so i won't get into that because i've already been uh i've already been sued twice for that one (laughs) (laughs) so we'll keep out of the uh keep out of that but we were on this show And then from there, we just went out on the road, and we built up a kind of following. We brought out some singles that were quite popular over in Europe. So we were out doing our thing, and we all said, wouldn't it be great to say we've played Vegas? Like, dreamers. And uh, we've played all over the world, played great gigs, played some shit gigs too. And we were doing a gig in Toronto at the Rogers Center. We were doing the halftime show for the Canadian Football League, which I never even knew was a thing. The
2: Toronto Argonauts.
1: The Toronto Argonauts, right? Respect. Yeah. And I was like a big NFL fan, but I never even knew Canadian football was a thing. So any, you know, Canadians listening, I apologise if this sounds like I'm taking the piss, but like I, I was just like, what? And there's, there's more players and there's a bigger end zone <laughs> and it's all a bit dippy kind of thing. But we played the halftime show. It was great. And We'd made a pact and said, listen, as this is a typically stupid British thing to do, as we're on the other side of the pond, why don't we go to Vegas, thinking it was like two hours away. But of course, <laughs> what's that, a six-hour flight, something like yeah. that? Yeah. So we'd arranged, we said, listen, we'll come <clears throat> to Vegas for a few days and we'll play a show. How do we get a show in Vegas? So we had a friend at the time that was doing Jersey Boys over yeah. at the Paris, mm-hmm. and he said, I can get you a lounge. There there'll be no money in it, but if you do it like with backing tracks... They said, so you get the chance to take a picture and say you played Vegas. We were like, yeah, why not? We had no money. We were absolutely potless. And uh, we, we managed to talk our management into paying for the flights. And uh, we flew over. So on the way over, uh, uh, I had worked with Priscilla Presley yeah, about eight, nine months earlier in a play in London. And I'd always said to her, I'd love you to see this project that we're working on, this, this vocal group. So when we came over, we dropped her an email and said, look, I know you come to Vegas a lot. I think she has a suite at the Aria. And uh, we're playing a show. We'd love you to come. Never even thought she would come. Well, two days later, we're in the Palms. It was There was used to be a lounge inside. Right you, where the, in. you know the sports book is yeah. now? I think it is. There used to be a lounge in there. And we're very excited. We're all tanked up to heaven. I'm like, I don't know what this is going to sound like, but we're going to enjoy ourselves while we're here. So we, we do our opening number. And as we do our opening number, there must be 30 people in this lounge watching us. Priscilla Presley walked in with her Come friend, on. and she came in and she sat down the front and she gave me a thumbs up, and she ordered a bottle of champagne or whatever it was, and her and her friend had a drink, and because she was there, the next thing you know, uh, Johnny Katz, who is uh, you, let me know, you know, so John, uh, who works for the local newspaper, was there uh, to see us. Um, but what happened was when news that she was in town came through, all of a sudden, random people started turning up, random. Vegas executives were just coming to to meet her, I suppose. So the next thing you know, after about half an hour, the place was full. After the show, uh, Katz went up to her and said, can I ask you why you're here? You're here for an Elvis event? Or he was just doing his job, you know? And uh, she turned to him and she said, John, she said, I'm only answering questions about Tenants of Rock. I could have kissed her.
0: Oh, my God. And she said, I'm not
1: answering anything else. She said, but if you'd like to ask me anything about the Tenors of Rock, I'd be more than happy to oblige. And he said, well, what did you think? She went, I thought they were wonderful. And he said, can I get a quote? And she gave us a quote saying, these boys are infectious. And we've been dining out on that quote on every poster or flyer we've ever had since then. That's incredible. So then from there... The the Raiding the Rock Vault guys were in And they said do you want to come and sing a song with us tomorrow night We had to extend our flights And then uh, Frankie Marino who was also headlining here He said do you want to come and sing with me the following night And we went yeah So then we just build up a few friends And then over the time we just tried to stay in touch with people And said look if there's a room available And we can figure it out And then two or three years later we're away in I think we're in Manila I think And we got a phone call from uh, the people at Caesars And they said we've got a room opening up Do you want it? We'd like you to come and, uh, and and be a part of the the Caesar's family. That's great. Um, yeah, and that's kind of how we've so you know we, we got that call in the September and we moved in the November and wow. I've still not been home in four years. So wow. So I'm still. Uh, I
0: was at the last show at Hera's
1: Yeah, with Goldie. <laughs> Goldie. Yeah, Aww, with our was...
0: mutual buddy. That's how I know you through Mike Goldberg, I was the Bellator God, announcer. I, I, yeah, we went. Yeah. To,
1: I was at Goldie's house about three weeks ago. Oh, he's he's a ledge yeah oh we've we've had some messy nights I think, I, think, I think that was a messy night yeah didn't we end up at red rock yes, or something yes drinking vodka yep. shots and stuff oh jesus christ yep well at yeah. you remember it yeah oh i do <laughs> i do i remember having to carry him out that was all and you're a huge
0: fight fan obviously you ha- you have a fight uh podcast yeah uh how did what
1: when did that all start so that was that's like a labor of love So I used to fight amateur kind of like ABA level, which is our, I don't know what you, sort of around that kind of golden gloves in boxing, I suppose, over here. So ABAs and I kind of grew up in the fight game, realized I was never going to be good enough and that that singing doesn't, you know, hurt as much. (laughs) Um, So moving to Vegas, it kind of dawns on you very quickly that the, the amount of legends in our in the, the the fight game, you know, whether it be boxing or MMA or whatever, they live here. Yeah, you know, they've they've came out here and they've retired. They bought a house, and so all of a sudden, you start to meet people. I met, um, I was doing a show, and uh, Al Bernstein came sure. down yeah. to sing. And you know, yeah, Al's a great sure. jazz singer, right? Yeah. So Al and I just said, I said, we're doing this. I want to put this podcast together. Would you come on and be my first guest? Not thinking he would ever say yes. Right. And I said, yeah. I said, I, what, what we wanted to do was. Get a show that was just talking about all the old fight stories, all the things that went wrong. You know, this isn't an up-to-date, you know, it's not a news kind of show about what's going on in the world of boxing that week. We just wanted to hear all those stories, all those kind of... And he was just dynamite. And then from there, it just became a thing. And then it just... It went from another world champion to another world champion. And then, as we were saying before we came on air, everybody comes to Vegas. So every big fight, they bring in a slew of older fighters to do appearances. And then i'm quite pushy so i'll pick up the phone and say hey do you want to come on the show they're like yeah cool and i says come on i said we'll have a beer and we'll just i want to just hear all the crazy stuff yeah. like as a fan that's what you want to hear yeah so we were doing all of that stuff and literally a week before we got shut down we had uh, my good friend sean porter was on with us and we had a great time and then since then the studio closed down first of all Ugh. and then you, your guests sort of dry up because no one's coming into vegas right. and even if they are they're going into a bubble to cover they it, you know, yeah. so they're right. like, they can't do it. So we're hoping we've got a few set up for um, maybe next month to try and get it to, yeah. to get back up and running. But that's just a labor of love. And that's called Sin City Sluggers, and it's it. available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. He's <laughs> uh, got voiceover yeah. voice. Yeah, this is it. He does. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. a pro. Don't get me wrong. Yeah.
2: And, and have you ever had the issues with Vegas throat and all that
1: yeah. crap? Yeah. yeah, so when we first came here... Especially the type of stuff that we do, you know, like the ACDC and all that right. kind of stuff. Never had a problem with our voices, ever. I think you can just do something like that or you can't, maybe. And everyone said to us, be very careful when you go to Vegas because you're going you're gonna to get this thing called Vegas Voice. And we're all like cough. Yeah, right. Yeah, seriously. Thank <laughs> you. you do this for 25 years. Get fucked. Right. And then after three months, you, you, you start opening your mouth and nothing happens. And there's just <laughs> this dryness. And then you understand, obviously, things like humidity and the different dust in the air and everything. But yeah, that was a real thing. And it, it just means that all over your house is humidifiers. Uh, you know, um, it's, I don't know. It, 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 but it definitely, absolutely was a thing. And it, literally, it affected all of us at different times. But once you sort of get used to it, it's a thing, but you know, the amount of water you have to drink. And then you find out how early in the day you have to start drinking the water because you can't just drink a bottle of water an hour before a show because of the time it takes to get into your system to moisturize your vocal cords and, I don't know. You know, and it really plays havoc with you drinking because you can't drink as much when you do a show because it dries you out. Right. We have since found ways around that. Right, right, course, right. Drinking during the show, <laughs> actually, because
0: <laughs> it still takes time.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, right. it's,
2: yeah, it's a scientific process. Right. They, they've, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they've gone through it.
1: Yeah, that's amazing but, yeah but we're all good now we're all good now so and now we've had a six month break so we yeah. should be ready to go and uh if we eventually open up again are
2: all the guys just been hanging out in vegas or
1: yeah we've got like one of the boys who just got married so die congratulations he got married to his girl uh last week yeah i mean everyone's one of our boys has just had a baby great time to do it um yeah. it's tough on the uh, entertainment people i think more yeah. more than
0: most because well, what do you do now? Well, what you know?
1: do you, I mean, yeah, and what do you do? And also, it, uh, a lot of us are on, uh, I mean, I have green cards and residency, but, you know, but some of the boys have the, the, the issue of our visas are specific to us working in, right. in 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 our band type of thing. So if there's no band, right. what do you do? <laughs> so you're, you're living off anything that you've made for the last six months to try and get by. So... Yeah, I know yeah. a lot of
2: the Cirque performers actually had to go back to sure. Canada. Really? Or, oh, yeah. <clears throat> because there's, there's no shows and their visas were based on that. Yeah, yeah. So And the, the Cirque wasn't sponsoring them anymore for their visas either. Yeah, because so. you know, they yeah.
1: had no money whatsoever. But mm-hmm. How do you deal
2: with
0: the stress of that?
1: Alcohol. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair one. <laughs> now that sport's back on the TV. See, oh, I, I, usually so hate, I usually hate the summer because... I'm not, I hate tennis, so in Britain in the summer, unless you've got like a soccer tournament, like a World Cup, there's no sport, other than cricket and tennis, and I mean, how much do you hate your life if you're sitting watching that shit all day? Right. So now, I really got into my ice hockey, I got into, I, I like my basketball, love my NFL, the f- when the fights came back, when Dana brought the fights back, oh, you know, when he brought it back saving. so early. Yeah. And then Eddie Hearn in the boxing world kind of did the same thing and top rank. And I was like, okay, well, I'm saved now. I've got a little bit of sanity. Right. To- and
2: only a month gap for EPL this year was amazing, yeah. you know, English Premier League. Thank you. Okay, thank okay. you. Yeah. You know, was,
1: was a, for me. That's- yeah, I mean, that, that's huge. But it was great because it just means, although I'm not, a, I'm not a fan, I'm not a fan of the no fans in the stadium thing. Because I don't know about American sport, but but European, especially soccer or football, it like it's such an event for the fans, right? And obviously we have segregated fans, so you don't sit next to each other. Maybe like you're doing baseball or hockey or something. Mm-hmm. This is uh, in, in lots of cases pure hatred. Right. I think the world <laughs> Safety needs a, reasons. I think the world needs a lot of you know a little bit of controlled hatred every now and then, you know, for <laughs> for, for, for purely comedy purposes. But I don't know. I, I think there's just something about watching a game and. And seeing the fans go up and down and shout and scream at each other, there's just something about the atmosphere. And so I find it a little flat right now, but, you know, needs must, I suppose. It doesn't bother
0: me with MMA, though, with the UFC fights. I, nope. I don't miss it. So here's I, it. I might even like it
1: more. So here's one for you. I was with... Uh, so in the past week, I was with Sean Porter, a good friend of mine. He was, a welterweight, he was the welterweight champion of the world. And on Saturday night, I was with uh, John Kavanaugh. Oh. So... I Asked them both. I was just as from a kind of fans perspective. That's Connor's coach And I said I'm aware of that I'm just making sure I and I'm aware I said of I you, said what you. was it like because he was in working with uh, it Johnny Walker Yeah, with Johnny yeah, Bryant. yeah, and I said um, and we came into the to the, the bar We were in and we were chatting away with some mutual friends and I said what was it like and he said it's a joy He said because finally the fighter can hear you right and he says and the, and the best bit is is you can hear they're the opposition coach as well. Right. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and funny enough, Sean Porter said to me, because he did the same, he fought three or four weeks ago, and he said, um, and I said, what, was, the, what was, how was it strange? And he said, strange, he said, because you don't get that natural buzz off the crowd. He said, but to be honest with you, it becomes almost more professional. Because you're not playing to a crowd. You're not there to please. You're not, you're not um, being uh, uh, manipulated by boos or cheers. Or, and he says, you're literally just focused on the job. He says, I actually felt, and he's, and, and he's the type of fighter that gets a crowd going, but he said, I actually felt awesome. And he said, because I could hear everything my dad was telling me as his coach. And he said I could hear everything that their coach was telling him. Right. He says it was it was it was strange. It was like obviously a glorified sparring, but he said it was amazing. He said because I felt as as in tune with what I'm supposed to do, probably more so without all the distractions. So he said, yeah, from fight from a fight point of view, there's just nothing like hearing the crack as well. Man, it's crazy. Do you know what I mean? You hear it when yeah. you hear someone. I mean, I think the fight the fight night they went through. When Mackenzie Dern puts that arm bar oh. on the lass, and you can hear it, like, and even Tyron Woodley, like, like yeah. I can't stand Tyron Woodley, but but when you can hear the pain, not that it's about that, but we love it. Let's, yeah, let's right. It. Rip, right. right. And yeah. he's shouting yeah. yeah. You would never hear yeah. that no. in, in an arena. No. 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 So,
0: and yeah. you heard the urgency in his voice, yeah, yeah. like, i am be rip, right.
1: yeah. I'll be rip. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah so should retire we're, not fa- we're really
0: yeah. not fans yeah. of either one of those two. But he that should music. Who are your favorite fighters on the UFC, on the MMA side?
1: I love. Uh, I've got to say, so I was old school. So it's kind of hard. I think it's really hard to like John Jones. I like John Jones. I think he's a phenomenal fighter, but he just goes and disappoints you every single time. I'm with you. I love Conor. I love the way he does his thing. I'm a big Nate Diaz fan. Yeah, because I, I think I kind of like MMA the the old school, the before all the razzmatazz and all the money was in it. Yeah, it was just those guys that just brought it to the table every day. Yeah, you know, and I I'm a I was a big um, you know, Mark Coleman fan and all oh, those sure. guys back in the day. So I don't know. I think right now I I I, I like um I like Paulo Costa. I think that's I think that's gonna be one hell of a fight this weekend. Yeah. What do you think happens with that? The thing is, he's such a monster of a man. I mean, how he makes middleweight, I'll never know. I'll never know.
2: No, I saw him the other day, As Sonia and him had a kind of just walked by each other in the hall. Yeah. He looked lean and skinny. Like really? you know, yeah. I mean, I know he's gonna put a lot of weight on after the uh, yeah. but
1: I worry like how you know the, 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 the way that weight cuts have to work and I think weight cuts are ridiculous but the idea that someone like him I don't even know what he would walk around at but he looked like this I've seen him up close sometimes like jacked ready for the fight or whatever. Yeah. And, and he looks like a he looks like a light heavyweight even a very very light heavyweight. And, right. you know uh, so to make that kind of weight I don't know but I like him I like the aggression. I like the I like the aggression. Um, I think I'm a big um, see, I like in Bellator, I like Michael Venom Page, but I, I've seen him fight so, so many good. times. He's just like a team and him. highlight reel. I just like I went to see in a we went to see Cyborg win a title uh, okay, in January with Goldie, yeah. And we were at the is it the forum in California, yeah? yeah. yeah we went yeah. to the forum and I've never been to a Bellator event and uh, I really like the way that they did it. But when you see fighters like him, I just That they, he's he's a real. Like, I'll literally watch anything that he's involved in because you know it's going to be entertaining. But yeah. I, I've got to say, I think Nate Diaz is probably... Because he's just... He's fun. No bullshit. Yeah, I just want to fight. If I win, fine. If I lose, fine. I just want to fight. And I, I, I really respect that.
0: Because he puts it all out there. He's not... A lot of those guys, They I always say they they fight not to lose. Yeah. And it's a boring... It's a, yeah. I hate that approach, you know, and, and Usman's kind of like that. It's like, yeah, he's, he's
1: amazing at what he does, but it's, right. is, is, is but it, it's just not, it's is not going to sell tickets. No, right. it was the same thing with Mike. people like Mighty Mouse and everyone said that Mighty Mouse was the, one of the greatest of all time and you can't fault the record, but then you're going, yeah, but do you know what? Look at the pay-per-views. That's what it's all about. Right. Look at the pay-per-views because essentially you can be as good as you want, but the impact that you're going to have on people's. You know, he's not bringing Connor numbers. Interview. No, exactly no. Not. And I'm like, no. Connor brings the numbers because he's he's entertaining, but he's also very good at what he does type right. of thing. Right. And likewise with people like Mas Vidal, and yeah. they're just... They're, just, they, they, they're characters. They, but they're <laughs> characters, but they can back it up. Yeah. I hate those kind of people that try and be characters, but can't back it up. Or, or to the same level, you know? And now we got Michael Chandler came over. <laughs> yes, I think. And they're
0: talking, I don't know if it's confirmed, they're talking about him and Ferguson.
2: I don't know, did you see that? Um, I know he's going to be in Abu Dhabi as a... Backup Uh, fighter, but I hadn't heard any actual.
1: Yeah, I think that's very interesting because he's he's been far and away the best Bellator fighter that they've had for For years. For sure. So uh, yeah, that'll be a nice little deal for him. But then again, you're taking a step up. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. Apart from the occasional breakout person in Bellator, the standard is the UFC for sure. So you see how he can step up against that kind of competition. But I think he can absolutely do it. I'm a big fan.
2: Yeah. You mentioned weight cut. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and one of the guys that... You said I'm fat. Huh? No,
1: <laughs> no. one of the guys I am. I am. talking about I'll never make featherweight.
2: <laughs> is, ...is Ricky Hatton. Yeah. yeah. Know, back in the day, yeah. and Ricky had a... I mean, there's nobody that put more weight on yeah. during yeah. when he wasn't in training than Ricky Hatton.
1: That was disgusting. I loved Ricky Hatton. you I mean? Hatton, Hatton is... Hatton, because uh, I was born in Glasgow, but I, I moved uh, to England when I was, when I was at school and so that's why I kind of have an, a Northern English accent. But I, I my, my, my football team is Manchester City in in, in, in England. So of course, Ricky's a huge <laughs> Manchester City. Guy. But then again, I'm a Red Devils fan. So. But then again, of course you are because you're American. That's the way it works. Um, but um, so being a big City fan, and he had he had one of those rare things where he could galvanize an entire country and a city. That in Manchester, you're either one or the other. You're either a red or a blue, and you don't mix type of thing. Right. But it, it takes a special type of athlete to bring the two together and all of a sudden we're just Manchester now. And he had that thing and and like when he used to come to Vegas I mean Vegas has not seen literally only Conor McGregor is the same, is the, the only following. person oh, that yeah. can do what Ricky Hatton did. And Ricky would bring over ten, fifteen thousand 15,000 fans. They're not all getting into the MGM Grand right? but they will fill Vegas they'll fill the bars they'll fill the restaurants and they will sing and dance Uh and that's and, it, and because it's that you Know, yeah, he's not. You know, he's, he, he looks like them, he's, he's a normal lad that did good. Now, though, I will
2: say, when I remember going to a weigh in for a Ricky Hatton fight, and that was, <laughs> yeah, yeah because yeah. you don't have to have tickets, it's on right. first come, first serve basis. Sure, sure, talk about crazy, yeah. I mean, it was nuts, and, and it was filled, yeah, with English I'll reporters. never
0: forget the first time well, I went and saw uh, Connor when he fought uh, Mendez, right? Um, and and that was unbelievable. The the energy in that room, same yep. thing. The weigh-ins were insane. And then just when you came out of the fight, yep. uh, when it was over, and you were in MGM and in that long hallway, and the, it was lined <laughs> with people on the sides, and the, they were singing and chanting. and It almost makes you nervous, but it's fun at the same time. It's like,
1: amazing. Yeah. And actually, do you know what? Tyson Fury brought a little of that. Yeah. Not to the same level, because I know a few Tyson's guys and... I, I personally think he's a phenomenon a, a heavyweight, but he doesn't quite have the same pull um, as 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 Hatton or, or McGregor. But th- that's the first time I've seen it since since a McGregor fight was when Fury's been fighting Wilder, especially the second time at MGM. You saw a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the Brits come over and and support him, kind of thing yeah he, he he's kind of on the way, but he's more popular in America than he is back home it,
2: and it's interesting you say that because you know, with somebody like Ricky Hatton or Connor, they tend to appeal to their countries, yeah, you know, I'm thinking like a guy like Lennox Lewis, yeah. who really
1: in the I mean he wasn't huge then. no, but the, the thing is with Lennox Lewis was that he represented Canada at the Olympics, so he was born in East London he's I think his mother moved to Canada. He represented Canada at the Olympics, and he won gold. He beat Riddick Bow in the final. And then he returned to England with, with this kind of weird kind of right. Canadian English accent. And his mother's Jamaican as well, so he had this like very strange accent. So he came back, and at the time, we had a guy called Frank Bruno. Sure, yeah, sure. Oh yeah, sure. And Bruno was everything you wanted him to be. He was this big, kind of seemingly, I won't say stupid, but very... Uh, you know, a man of few words, but a real character, and everybody loved Bruno. Uh, wasn't half the talent that Lennox Lewis was, but the nation just loved him. He was Big Frank, he's our Frank, you know. And uh, and then he had the love of the fans type of thing because they were like, well, this guy's not really one of us because he went off and represented another country. And but then, of course, <laughs> being the fickle, you know, you know, kind of sporting fans that we all are. Of course, Lennox Lewis starts doing really well. And, when and then the time, all, <laughs> yeah. then all of a sudden, people are like Lennox, yeah. Lennox. Right. So, right. Um, I actually was at the fight in Vegas in ninety, I want to say it's '97, When Oliver McCall started crying in sure. the ring, yeah, Do you remember? Yeah, that? yeah. Yes, absolutely. We were sat ringside. Yes. So we go in. it was at the uh, Hilton at the old Convention yep. Center in there, and uh, we went in. And Don King's mulling around when he's only in America, and he's like, you know, and he's it, and it was amazing. We were about four rows from the ring. I was there with my my mum and dad, the girl I was with at the time, and uh, my uncle and his family. And yeah, we sat like four rows in the ring. Mills Lane was was referee, Mills he was Lane. amazing. And yeah, so what happened was he goes in and he, he, he and he refuses to fight. And Mills Lane keeps, because we were so close, he kept saying to him, of you're gonna have to put your hands up. And then he and then he then he comes back and fights, then he disappears, then he turns his back. He does all of these things that you're not supposed to do. So he starts uh you know everyone's cheer everyone's like jeering and throwing things yeah and i never forget my dad nearly got into a fight with charles barkley Really? <laughs> yeah. So my dad's like <laughs> six foot, but he comes from Glasgow, so he will fight fifty men, doesn't care. <laughs> and at the time, and my mum and my mum and my sister and everyone was set there, and there's this guy stands up in front of this enormous big fella. <laughs> and I didn't clock who he was at the time. And he kept standing up and he's cheering and he's going, Come on, Oliver, do the prick and blah blah come on Oliver and he's doing all the bits and pieces like that. And my sister, I never forget my sister having to kind of look round. And my dad said, excuse me, would you mind sitting down? And, and he was, he'd obviously had a few drinks, and he said, fuck you, or something like that, or get, you know, get fucked, or something yeah. like that. Bad thing to say to my dad. And <laughs> imagine Charles Barkley's about, like, what, six foot seven? He's enormous. My dad says, like, this is, this is it now. His glasses come off, which is the worst thing you can ever <laughs> see. You know we're going to have to find Bell money when the glasses come off. And the glasses come off, and the red mist just come off, and we all just went, oh, no. <laughs> So the next thing you know, he just stood up and tapped him on the shoulder and he says, sit down, He says, or else you won't get back up again. It was something like this. And it, they started argy-barging like that. And I'm going, Dad, that's, that's Charles Barkley. And he went, I don't give a fuck who it is. He said, his, his jaw's about to hit the floor. And I went, Dad, no, seriously, he's like mega famous. He's like Michael Jordan, but only ch- chitter. Right. And uh, he's like, I don't really care. And then the next security came in and they're going, Mr. Barkley, you all right? Are you this and you that? Just making the situation completely worse. And as this was going on, Mills Lane called a stop to the fight. Which then caused everybody to stand up and jump and what's going on? And he, he called a stop to the fight because McCall was crying. And I believe that's the only thing that saved Charles Barkley's life that night was that if, the, if that hadn't have happened, he <laughs> was literally about 20 seconds from my right. dad chinning him and, and getting arrested and getting us all deported. And I would never have been able to come back here because we'd have all been arrested for fighting. <laughs> wow. So really, you
0: owe your career to Mills Lane and Oliver McCall.
1: <laughs> yes. I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him and thank him for that.
0: Before we go, because I know you got, a, I know you have a, a hard out today, it would be. crazy crazy for me not to bring up that the GOAT, Mike Tyson, is back. Yes. And looks phenomenal. Yeah. On pads. On
1: pads. Okay. on pads. It looks fair good enough. on pads. Okay. Fair enough. I think the thing is where fighting is concerned. I think people, you know, they see, you know, you see Logan Paul. Right. F- looking fen- and it seems like Twitter. And he goes, yeah, looking phenomenal on pads. And I'm going, yeah, but pads don't hit back. Right. Do you know what I mean? Uh, right. And it's that thing. But Tyson looks amazing. Fair yeah. I'm a huge Mike Tyson fan. So I. Uh,
0: what do you think happens with... So I, I read first that they weren't going to be trying to take each other's head off. It's an exhibition. Now so, they, they both come out saying no. So this is an awkward one.
1: Yeah. Because I actually know what's about to happen. Okay. But I'm not allowed to say oh, anything. Oh, come on! I will tell you off air. Okay. But I can't tell you on air because I think... Uh, let's just say I'm not entirely sure Roy Jones is going to be fighting him. Really? But I do know who will be fighting him. Really? Yes, I do. Is it,
0: can you tell us this? Is it would it, and no disrespect to Roy Jones because Roy Jones because he's a legend. Would you consider whoever the new guy much is better? Okay, that's yeah, right.
1: Much all right. I think <laughs> the problem with when that fight got announced, when that fight got announced, I think everyone said first of all, Tyson. Now I don't know what he's weighing in at, but Tyson when he fought was in and around between I think about 217, 225, something right. like that. So now obviously with a bit more timber on him. I don't know, he's maybe maybe 240 pounds, but he looks in great shape. Yeah. And he's Mike Tyson, so the last thing you lose is your power, right? <laughs> right. You know? So, when they said Roy Jones, and listen, there's another absolute legend. For sure. But you're going, that fought heavyweight once, I think once or twice. Yeah. Didn't look great right at the end of his career, even though he, he won one of the plastic titles. Um I, I, and also, not someone that's known for what we would call a row. He's not someone that's known for, for getting involved too much. No. Um, so, when that whole thing came out, I was a bit like, okay, well, I'll, listen, it's 40 bucks. I'll pay 40 bucks to watch that. But then they did the, the worst thing they could ever possibly do was that someone, I think on Roy Jones's side, came out and said, oh, it's just an exhibition. And the only reason that we've got California to sanction the fight is if we promise to not go for the knockout. I'm like, you absolute tits. Yeah. What are you doing? so then it became i mean i think it was a hard sell anyway because i think unless you're a boxing fan around the world i'm not entirely sure you would know who roy jones was i right. think you'd probably heard of him uh but tyson was such an icon and such a legend i think it would have been better to put him in with another uh maybe someone that has a similar um sure sort of fan base or something around the world i don't know but but yes, so I, I've heard recently, I've heard recently, and I will fill you in. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, no, listeners. No, it's okay. I'm sorry, I like listeners. It. I think all will, be, uh, all will be announced, I think, in the next uh, week or two that that fight might not be happening, but a much better one. Wow. I think for the fans will be happening. So I'm sort of involved in some minor level. Really? Yes. That's so, cool. So uh, it will be if it happens and the check clears. So um, neither of which have happened so far. <laughs> 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 so no, I think there's, there's something coming. I think that would be great. But. I There um, is one for you, though, as as kind of fight fans. And I asked this time, how do you feel about the fighters coming back and doing the, you know, because the, there's talk of, I think Ken Shamrock was sent, setting up this thing in MMA where it was like all older fighters, yeah. like in a tournament where all guys over 50 were going to fight each other. And, you know, I mean, where do you kind of stand on it? Because I kind of like the idea of seeing all my I, favorite fighters. Yeah. It's like I, the
0: PGA Senior Tour, right, you know,
1: right. you bring back. It's like,
0: I, I'm, I'm, I'm what like, the fuck is this? Yeah, I like if they are going to come back. I'd rather see Chuck Liddell fighting someone, sure, you know, yeah, 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 that makes sense for him. Um, and I think Tito actually did make sense for him. Um, he just looked other like, than you know Chuck has just been stepped away for so long, you know. But yeah, I'd rather. See, I, I think it's better to make those matches. It's easier to make them even so to speak, yeah. you know? yeah. And then instead of putting them in with like a 25-year-old killer or something, yeah, that doesn't it's make kind any sense what to me. Nice.
1: They did that Grand Prix thing for Bellator, you know, the right. heavyweight Grand Prix thing. Right. And barring Bader, and, you know, it was nice to see... Kind yeah. of a couple of the older guys. And I mean yeah. that with all due respect, because I love them all. Like, yeah. It's nice to see Rampage and Chael going at Right. right. Yeah. And I think
0: it's good for them to get the payday. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, these guys don't have a union. There's yep. nothing to fall back on. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say, well, well, they should have done this, this, and that, whatever. It is what it is. They're- and if they could get a payday that helps them
1: get it. I think it's amazing. Yeah. There's, there There's a thing this week. There's a British heavyweight called Danny Williams, British boxing heavyweight. And Danny Williams actually beat Mike Tyson well at the end of Tyson's career when Tyson went loopy. Right. And so there's no way Danny Williams is fit to shape, you know, to 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 sort of polish the boots of Mike Tyson. But, you know, he's been a decent level European, British champion, jobbing fighter, a great ambassador, nice lad, all this kind of stuff. He's now 40, I want to say 45, 46. He's overweight. He was slow in his prime. <laughs> but he just had a big bang on him and he he did okay. And he's still fighting. And he's fighting like six or seven times a year. And he's literally going all over Europe wherever he can get a license now because the British Boxing Border Control won't give him one. Right, And he literally just gets knocked out everywhere he goes. And there was a thing in the newspapers, and I think they'd set up like a GoFundMe because he said, I've got kids. Right. This is Gotta all I've something. ever done. Yeah. Since I was seven years old, I've been a fighter. And then you get to that point where you're 15 and you win a few regional championships and then you step up to British level and all of a sudden you win the British title yeah. and then you float around the European and world title thing. But he never made the 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 millions that lots of the guys do. And he's like, this is what I do. And he said, they won't let me do it at home. They won't let me do it in America because the sanctioning is so, so strict. So he's now doing it in he's fighting on cards in Poland and Belarus. And, and it's a real shame. And it's, it's a horrible thing to see when you see someone that... That has been at a decent level. You know, was, was a class fighter, you know, in his class, right? Kind of still doing it because he's got no choice, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and as we said, there's no unions, no one looks after yeah. these guys. Yeah. A lot of them are not the brightest in the world. And I don't mean that from a disrespectful point of view. I'm talking from a purely business point of view. There's sure. lots, Absolutely. Of, lots of sharks and managers, and yeah. You know, and I think I always find it really sad that you see that, uh, you know, those guys that travel up and down the. Highways every right every week to go and get pasted in, in Pennsylvania, and then they come back down and get pasted in Maine, and then they get pasted right. somewhere yeah. else. And but, they pick up their shares, and, and they the don't have a else lot to do. of these
2: guys stay in it as long yeah. as they do because right. they don't have that mm-hmm. what to fall back on. Yeah. This is what they know, this is what they love.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I tough. sit here forever, but I don't want your wife to hate me, so I'm gonna make you go. She hates me uh, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh since City Sluggers, yeah. check it out. I'm gonna post a link in the description. Jimmy, thank you for stopping by on short notice like that. Yeah, this was fun. We'll do it again.
1: Absolutely. Thank Thank you. you so much.
0: We'll see you guys next time.